We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Alex Hurst and Paul Lyon talking to you uh, on a very, very beautiful sunny day from the Holiday Inn in Leicester. It's Saturday morning. We're absolutely delighted that Newcastle United have picked up all three points yet again at Leicester City. Can we play here every week? We're supported by uh, Fans, gambling partner Fans Pet, who give 50% of their net profits back to fan causes of your choosing. So if you like a gamble or better than football, the horses or whatever, check them out if you don't stay well clear. Um, we are supported as well by our patrons, about 300 of which pay us about £6.80 a month for loads of extra Newcastle United content each week. Uh, you know, you stream it as you do this podcast through your chosen podcast platform um, and get loads from me, Paul, and the rest of the team about Newcastle United. Last night, after about an hour after the game, we already had two podcasts out um, about the match, the match day in the first list, and we've got loads more coming this week, and it's always a pleasure to do it. When Newcastle United have won, Paul... Um, you know, I don't know where to start. What a what an away end that was, and what a night. How are you feeling this morning about that? Well, you say it's a sunny day and all that, but um, yeah, I could be absolutely hiding it down outside, and I'd still <laughs> me disposition would still be pretty sunny, like. Um, but yeah, what what an away end, like you say. Uh, it was a lot like last uh, last um time down at Leicester, um, when all the songs seemed to be all sang at the same time, and everyone was just getting behind it, and uh. It was just really encouraging to see what was going on on the pitch as well. So and it just all sort of mirrored in the in uh, in the away end. Um, yeah, I've uh, I think half my throat's like still in that that away end. I'm uh, pretty hoarse today, like. But um, I singing like beyond uh, beyond the final whistle as well for a good twenty minutes. It's just something else and something that's uh, I'll um, I'll never forget. If Newcastle actually got good next season which I appreciate is a stretch but um, you know stewarding costs for football clubs are going to go through the roof because every time we win a game away from home they can't get rid of us <laughs> I, like, I'm fortunate that I've been there all three this season Burnley, Huddersfield and now Leicester and each time there's been people checking their watches constantly thinking I was supposed to be home 20 minutes ago <laughs> like people that work at the ground policing that um, and uh, yeah, like you say, it's fantastic scenes at the final whistle, and it's like you know when when Rafa comes onto the pitch, and I know you had to do that interview afterwards, but when he's at, when he's at the away end, yeah. you know it's a big win, and you know that he's absolutely buzzing, and uh, mourn him later, obviously. But um, I totally agree with you. It was it was like last season, and we've had some tough days down Leicester over the years, some good days as well. Yeah. People should check out Paul's as it was when it was retro podcast, which is on Patreon for free. If you head to our Patreon page every week. 
um, where he talks about the good times. But, you know, I know people that were there, the 3-0 and the John Carver in 2016. Mm. Um, absolutely brutal. And, uh, yeah, it seems to be just like Leicester seem to come to St. James's every year and kind of waltz away with three points when we come down, yeah. So it was a strange week heading into the game and it shows you what do we you know particularly me what do I know because I was very negative on the drive down yesterday I thought we'd get beat uh, I thought John Joe Shelby needed to play I didn't want to see the back five and I was just wrong because the back five were absolutely immense they hardly allowed Leicester a chance I think we created more against Palace than they did against us last night uh, and Key in midfield was one of the best players. You you were very positive coming into this one, Paul. So yeah. is this basically just business as usual for you? Like, what? Why did you think? Did you think that it was just because you know what? This is a big game, and Rafa and the lads do it when it matters. Was that your thought process? Um. Yeah. There was a bit of that. Um. There's a bit of like just uh, blind bloody faith as well. Like, but um, no. There's some music just get a feeling. Um. And like you say, when. When the uh, when the going gets tough, I think uh, Rafa sort of pulls something out of the bag, and that's what we've seen yesterday. Um, it was a tactical masterclass, really, for me. Um, but yeah, like going into it, I don't, I don't know why. I had just like the confidence. Um, I don't know why I was just kind of spent most of the time with uh, with Mickey and that, and he he always seems to be uh, confident in that. And um, I was just thought would would do a well, more than capable of doing a job. Um, again, I I just had like last last season in my head the whole time and I was thinking I tried to like sort of shift that out of me and think no look at Leicester are playing well we're playing in them at probably a bad time because they weren't playing so well but and and just for Newcastle our, our form probably wasn't the best and obviously after the Palace but I said that can't go on that can't go on forever and um, something we have to change and and, uh, and and so it did um, so I think um I think I, a lot of players uh, that have been on the side, like like Sir Hayden, um, he played excellently again yesterday. Um, he just like we had them steady performers, and sometimes it was just like it was the rubber, the green wasn't going our way against Palace, from, in my opinion. And I just like I took a lot of heart from that um, after like uh, the result in the game sort of uh, sort of reconciled in my head. Um, because I like, very reactionary afterwards, it was always like it was probably down in the dumps and that. But so there was always a lot of positives to be taken from that game, and uh, I thought we took them into this one uh, yesterday, um, and so it panned out. But so um, <laughs> yeah, um, so I so stop being so uh, bloody negative with it. <laughs> all, all week at work, Mickey's been saying we're gonna win, you know, we're gonna win, and I'm being like, nah, I'll be fucking delighted with a point. So I'm over the moon, as I'm sure everyone is listening to this. Because um, let's face it, Leicester, new manager, all the rage, 12 goals in his four games or something like that. You know, us very, very poor, you know, in three of the last four away games. Um, and, you know, it just it just seemed like we'd been worked out a little bit away from home, potentially. Mm. And then you look at the likes of Arsenal, got much better players. And as you look at West Ham, indeed, they've got much better players from us. And we aren't the best, particularly away from home when the opposition scores first. And I think there that, I mean, we've got a corner in like the first minute. Like I think it was started really brightly, and although Leicester for the first fifty minutes dominated possession, like dominated it. Like I think for some reason Leicester have all the stats on the big screen yeah. uh, as the game goes on, which I I don't know why they need to do that, but they do. Um, and they, I think at one point Leicester had eighty five percent possession in the first ten fifty minutes, so it was a difficult watch, but they did nothing with it, did they? And you know I think the game I think was started much better than we did in those West Ham and Arsenal games, mm-hmm. and then. We got better from there. I think 
that first 10, 15 minutes was important because the lads kind of realised we've got nothing to fear here. And even people in the away end and, and, and us, people around us were saying, these haven't got much here like other because Vardy, Vardy was making runs in behind, but there was no one really in the team to find him. Paul Dummett was doing a fantastic job of tracking him. Um, the whole back three just worked perfectly. I think they've been drilled this week by Raff. I think Raff had kind of got them in after Palace, where we looked a little bit all over the place at the end at nil-nil, and we're letting them counter against us and stuff like that. And it was like, nah, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to keep them out. And it worked a treat. And I think um, in terms of the flow of the game, we really got into it after Rondon's free kick. Yeah. We're kind of, I mean, it was one of those typical ones, don't shoot. I was like, don't shoot, it's too, it's too far. Yeah. Get it in the box, get, get, get yourself away, get yourself in the box, Solomon. And then, uh, and, he, and he does that. And would it be fair, Paul, and I, I want you to talk about his general performance, what he brings to the team, but would it be fair to say Solomon Rondon is a better free kick taker than Cristiano Ronaldo, based on what we've seen so far? <laughs> um, he could well be. I mean, he, he tends to hit the bloody post, though, doesn't he? Yeah. He doesn't actually stick it in the net. Um, but I, he's he's all around players. It's never really it really changed. It's never really uh, followed. I think he's uh, he's always you know what you're going to get from him. He's uh, putting pressure on uh, their back line and just works so so damn hard. And um, again again go, going back to the Palace game, he's just he had an off day in front of goal, but his performance was it was it was spot on. Um, and it was, that was the same again yesterday. And uh, I wish that free kick went in because like, it must have been a good thirty five yards. I wish that stat was up there uh, on that bloody yeah. scoreboard. Like, but um. I flip hit the right of that corner. I've I've watched it back uh, this morning a few times, and the sound as well. It's just like oh, that guy's in. It's unreal. The keeper's not getting anywhere near it. Um, but uh, yeah, he's just he's just a great player. I just hope we can get him signed up and um for for sixty million whatever has been quoted in the in the press, and that is an absolute snip like for me anyway. And it's just like a, a no brainer that we should get him in and being a, be our permanent number nine. Um, it's it's quite it's it's sad that we've got our. Our focal point in the, in the team is isn't even our player, um, technically. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, just he just needs to keep doing what he's doing, and and that, when he plays well, Newcastle play well because he's just he just gives us something else that we, that we've been lacking. Um, and we've had the likes of like Hustle up front and, and whoever whoever's fit uh, up up front. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but he brings um the best out of Perez, I think as well. Um, there's less pressure on him to to be the the main guy as well. But um, I just uh, I just I just want to uh, sign up permanently, really. But uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we get well wish on uh, on that one. We we'll have to see. No, and if we're gonna be a proper football club, which again hasn't happened at this level in a very long time, yeah. I think me and you were talking last night. It's not just about signing him; it's signing someone to push him for his place in the team. Yeah. We don't just want to have next season. Our great was signed Rondon. Rafa stayed. We've still got Hoslu behind. Yeah. If he gets injured, that's no good in the Premier League. And it's no good. We're very, very lucky this season that Rondon A has come in and performed so well and fitted what the managers wanted him to do, but also that he hasn't been seriously injured because even if he, I mean, he was injured at the start of the season, we didn't win a game. Um, so we're nine games behind everyone else. And then, you know, I just I just worry that it's... it's I don't worry because if the manager stays, then I'm sure he's he's confident that... You know the transfer policy is going to be correct, but I just worry that next season Rondon comes in, there's no one pushes him for his place, um, because you know competition for places, which is what happens at most other clubs, breeds better performances. So yeah, we've seen that with the centre backs, haven't we? Yeah, we have seen that. Paul just says, yeah, we've seen that with the centre backs, and he's spot on. Um, you know the the, the play better because they have to. Um, you know, you got a player like Fernandez last night, who I think is very unlucky not to be starting ahead of Paul Dummett, but then Paul Dummett comes in and plays like that. So yeah. there's there's no way you can drop him. Um, same with the other two. 
Um, so yeah, spot on. And I suppose in terms of how the game went from there, um, although although pretty much from that free kick we were just the better side, we were a constant threat on the break. Leicester looked really shaky at the back. They couldn't deal with balls coming into the box. They didn't really know, you know, the position between the, the space between the keeper and the back four was was all over the place. You know, Schmeichel came out a couple of times, didn't get near the ball. Um, and then, what well, kind of deserved it, I think it was about 38 minutes or something like that, took the took the lead in Diaz Perez. And what what I really liked about that, Paul, is, and I'll talk about, before talk about Perez, talk about Almiron a little bit. Um, Almiron picks the ball up on the left and he has a go and he tries to take on two players. And that, that's what we haven't seen. Now, it didn't work and he got tackled. But the ball comes out to Matt Ritchie, who puts in a fantastic ball. Perez gets ahead of Wes Morgan and the header... Um, not only is it brilliant header, like aesthetically, it looked fucking class because it kind of it's so far away from the keeper and it goes right into the back of the net from the away end and on TV it looks absolutely amazing. Um, you know, on me on there, we've we've got him trying to run at players and it led to something positive and it led to Matt Ritchie having far more space to cross that ball. And, and I know he beats a man to do it, but he has he has time and space to to collect the ball because Almiron's dragged two of them back. Um, there seems to be some stuff on social media this morning. Um, people said, I don't know why people are kicking off that he hasn't scored. I don't, I've not seen anyone kicking off that he hasn't scored. Um, you know, last night he made a real difference. Do you kind of think that he is getting better every game? Do you think last night was his best performance so far? Yeah, it's up there. Um, but like you say, it's just like having that, having someone um, who's actually willing to have a go, like carrying the ball. Um, defenders don't like it. And obviously it, it occupies them. And, like I say, with somebody like Richie, who I was quite critical of uh, last time out um, for his uh, lack of ability to cross the ball, uh, my words uh, sh- uh, sh- shoved right down me throat there. Like, but um, yeah, he done he done really well. Um, he, it was a great first touch uh, just to give him that space, and uh, the d- defender was just caught a bit flat-footed because of that. And uh, and yeah, like I say, that uh, that header from Perez was uh, was excellent. But um, yeah. Almiron's doing great. He's again. I don't think his uh, performance level has really it hasn't really dropped for me. Um, yeah, I know he's on his uh, debut against Huddersfield. Um, he that uh, that breakthrough goal. Well, sorry, that, that, I keep thinking it's a goal, but it was like he hit the post. It would have been something something else, and having the confidence to try a finish like he did. I don't think that's a, like really wavered. Uh, I think he still looks confident. He still looks good, and. Um, yeah, I've, I've got to keep him in the side, um, and I think it will come. He's goal, but I, I don't know if he's is he that kind of player. I, I don't. He's a bit of a still an unknown quantity to me. Um, I I don't really watch much uh, MLS or anything like that. So, is he a goal scorer? I don't know. I mean, he looked he looked capable in that debut. Um, and maybe that's that's um, it's not not a rod for his back, but like you see these players who like burst onto the scene and that, and uh, that's the the set expectations really high. But like he's he's sort of settled into um a good run of form now and um he's very effective and I think we would definitely miss him if he wasn't in the side. Yeah, and I think that I think he's been played out wide, which he yeah. isn't used to, and he's he's done a great job in that respect. And he in away games particularly you saw Arsenal last time out put about three men on him because yeah. they knew how dangerous he was. So it's not easy coming to a new league, um, having to settle in new country, but he has. I don't think there's any doubt he's, he's a crucial part of the team now. And also, you know, it'll come against, you know, you look at the teams we've had to play against Huddersfield, you know, he nearly ran right. He nearly scored against Burnley. He nearly scored last night. So it is coming and it will come. And I think I'd love to see against Southampton play a little bit more centrally. You still play the same position, but what you saw last night was Perez was constantly getting in the box alongside Rondon. That's what we need and that's what we probably didn't do against Palace. 
um, is get get bodies and get players in the box. And I think with Rafa talking about how unhappy he was about the aspects of the performance against Palace, that's probably what he's referring to. The front, the front three were miles apart from each other against Palace, where they linked up really well last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you, you see, Leicester didn't really have any answers to that. And although, again, they continued to monopolise possession in the second half, I mean, it's like Rafa says, possession is a made-up statistic for television. Um, if you lads just want to knock the ball about yeah. um, and then kick it out of play, which is what happened in most options, is we, we were more than happy to facilitate that for... For Rogers' team, and and I was really not disappointed because I wanted them to get to get beat and be shite. But I thought that that kind of Leicester performance was no no different to what I saw last season when we came here, um, and we we coped with that very well as well. And just like last season, I thought we would, we should have won by more last night. Um, and you know Perez, there's been so much talk about him. He's approaching fifty goals for Newcastle. Uh, I think he's level on create with Craig Bellamy now. Um, you know, Luke Edwards of the Telegraph put a post up saying he deserves more respect uh, from the fan base. Is that something you'd go along with? Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've always rated him. Um, he does get a lot of stick, but um, I don't know whether I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know why that is. To be honest, I just sometimes like for some reason there's always a scapegoat, and he seems to be it. Um, but uh, no, nah, I think uh, he's a very technically gifted player. Um, and I'd say he's he's. He scores goals and he, um, more often than people give him credit for. Um, though that was his first away goal this season, uh, I, uh, which I was quite surprised to read. Um, but I he goes. He, I think he does tends to have like, a little flourish at the end of the season. It's normally like once well in Rafa's sides, that they tend to like get better towards the end of the season. I think um, he's just play like he's he's he's, he's a permanent fixture on our side now and. Um, People just need to get get used to that, I think. Um, and uh, he, he's a very effective player on his day. Um, and he's will another guy who's willing to try things. Yeah. Um, and uh, and like we're having Almiron with him as well. I think it's it's only going to complement each other. I think, uh, just the way they play and and having somebody again having two two lads in there, getting in the box, willing to carry the ball and try things that are like a little bit unexpected, a little bit out of the norm, um, is what you want to see. Um. Because we can be, uh, there's times where we've been a bit functional in that, and it's just like, yeah, even sometimes you're winning, it's 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 almost like, I don't know, it's, it's I don't know, you, you don't really enjoy a win sort of thing in, in terms of how we play, like, um, but you don't know when you've just had to like sort of grind it out and things like that, but um, yeah, we need more of these types of players in in the side, um. It's what um I've been brought up on like in my my time following Newcastle, um and I think he uh for for what we're paying for him, um pound for pound for pound he's doing he's doing something marvelous I think but um yeah not long may that may that continue, um again he's he's probably a guy who hasn't really got much pressure on his place um so a bit more competition for him might even bring him on even even further, um. There was talk of him like potentially leaving the club and things like that, but I think we would we would definitely miss him if if he wasn't in that in that in that team next season. Agreed, and you know, fifty goals for Newcastle as when he gets there, I presume he'll get there. You know, he joined, particularly in the Premier League, joins a kind of elite club. There's not many have yeah, yeah. got have got past that, and you know, we were talking. I don't know if it was you or Norman. I was talking about this walking away from the ground last night. We're talking about Perez and the the desire to potentially play abroad. Newcastle have been shit the vast majority of the time we've been here. Like yeah. he probably, like a lot of footballers do, rates himself and, and has a lot of self confidence and self belief. And 
you know, I think that if if he if he's going to stay at the club, like a lot of players, will have to get away from relegation battles every single season. It's tedious as a fan. Yeah. I imagine it's tedious as a player. Yeah. And like you know, Matt Ritchie, you, you saw him talking last night, saying, "Season's not over. We've got to, we want to finish as high as possible." And that's how motivated players think. That's how we should be thinking. Mm. Not you know, I mean, thirty eight points. I mean, <laughs> you you made the point last night, Paul, about three times. It was really funny, like. The celebrations and the scenes at full time because we've got a thirty eight points. Yeah. Like imagine if imagine if we've won something or, or finished <laughs> like what well, I don't know I don't know what people would do. I'd I'd fear for for vast swathes of the population in the northeast of England if uh, if we ever achieve anything as a football club like because uh, there was a party last night for getting a thirty eight points um, in a in a largely dreadful Premier League. Um, that's where we are, and I, I just wanted to talk through two other players with you. Um, um, I thought that Key put in one of the standout performances of the season. Um, you know, I, again, he he's, he blows hot and cold. Key. Um, I didn't think he was particularly great against Palace, but there was the stat through the week that I think the Chronicle pointed out that he had one hundred percent pass completion rate. Now, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because when you read that, you think, well, that's probably pretty handy, and Rafa probably likes the fact that he doesn't give the ball away. But then watching the game live. I thought you had a poor game. Yeah. So it's that kind of new age, uh, you know, statistics against what is what you see in front of you, isn't it? But yeah. last night he was unbelievably effective, not only at winning possession, he brought the ball out, um, which again is something Shelby refuses to do a lot of the time. He, he tends to get the ball and pass it. Key runs with the ball. Uh, and some of his play under pressure to find a teammate when we were really up against it with Leicester getting players forwards was, was phenomenal. Um, him and Hayden as a two, we haven't really seen very much of. You know, so I mean, talk to me a little bit about what you think about those two. Would those two be your lads against Southampton next week? Mm, yeah, I think so. I think well, the job that I did last night was uh, sort of nullifying and Didi, um, which I think is obviously marvelously. Um, but yeah, uh, for Key, he was like you say, he's he's tight control and like you say, getting out with tight spots. And some, I think it was one occasion there was like three Leicester players around him. But just he was he was playing. I think I made the comment during the game. That maybe it's Chris. Um, he was playing like there was there was no one in the ground, and he was just like in a training match. And it was just like it was like serene in that. It was just unreal, just he's so calm. Um, and yeah, he's just uh, he's got a decent passing range as well. Like I say, he was finding um, he was finding Richie fine uh on the, on the wing there, and uh, I thought uh oh, he just he was just excellent. He he done a lot of defensive work when he had it as well, and uh. I thought Hayden again. He he done a lot of running and just um, he again he's he's had a great season. It is a shame that he's gonna leave, um, but uh, yeah, I think we've already mentioned we we do need to sort of kick on and maybe get a a, a player like him, but even like even better in that midfield, like somebody who's gonna be like effective, like both ends of the pitch. Um, but uh, yeah, but yesterday I couldn't fault them. I really couldn't and. Uh, Although undroppable, probably like them performances do suggest that. Well, I I wouldn't wouldn't want to say them out the side, and they were probably pretty pretty miffed to, to to come out the side having a having played that well. Um, I mean, depends on the opposition, I suppose, but, um, yeah, I think their their job was to keep uh Indeedy and and uh Madison in check, and I think I think them obviously last night it was excellent. Yeah, free transfer of course, and Hayden cost, and now it's just. Yeah. Like I, I hate talking about it now because I'm sick of it, but I, I have to say it again that the the job of the manager's doing with these players at this level against players like Madison who cost 20, 30 million quid or whatever, or worth that, and Ndidi who cost similar, 
to put Isaac Hayden in, who cost two million quid and who was be you know couldn't kick a ball earlier this season, um, and Keyson Young, who you know presumably no one else wanted or wouldn't have got him yeah. at this level, um, it's just like a, a, a ridiculous job. I'm tired of it. I don't. I don't want to be sat here next season saying these lads cost ten times as much as ours. I want. I want us to compete with them, and I think the manager wants. Well, I know the manager wants the same. We all do. Um, but yeah, Hayden is just his as he has played more and more. His ability on the ball has got better and better. He's now like like you said with Caleb. He was calm in possession last night. He doesn't mind having a man on him. He'll find the pass, and I think obviously having the three centre backs behind them always gives him an option, or the two lads out wide and. I just forgot what you said. Something you said earlier about Mark Ritchie, which is kind of off point, about his crossing. The difference, I think, between Ritchie's cross last night and Saturday is he was at the byline. Yeah. And everything on last Saturday was from deep. Yedlin and Ritchie weren't willing to go past their fullbacks. So they were, they were crossing from, like, you know, outside the box, but in front of the box, really easy to defend, much harder for them to get any weapon. That cross by Richie was basically just fired into an area at the near post and Perez did the rest. Whereas I think when we play that formation at home and everything's in front of Palace and you've got ten men behind the ball. Whereas last night obviously Leicester come on to a bit more. Um you know, it, it's much easier for Matt Ritchie to, to get the balls in the box. And you look at, you know, some of the big points we've, we've won this season. He put in a very similar cross from a similar position with a different cross against Watford away. You know, he's much more dangerous. I'm sure he would much rather play, you know, much closer to their goal. So it's something for the manager to try and sort out against Southampton, who you presume are going to be similar to Palace and sit deep again. But um, yeah, Key and Hayden, yeah, I'm, I'm still keen to see Shelby in the side, just particularly at home to. Try and see Shelby and Amir on link up, but I can have no complaints. I'm sure anyone can if, if those two play against Southampton again. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, and then the other player who I want to highlight, we can't go through the whole 11, and I thought everyone was brilliant. The other player was Javi Mankio. Yeah. You know, DeAndre Yedlin has had his good games this season and he's contributed in a positive way. He's also, as I've said a few times on Patreon podcasts this week, three games he's he's probably let himself down a bit in terms of, you know, Leicester at home giving away the pen, punching the ball, Wolves at home. And then uh, last week cost him with three games, but you know he ha- he has had good games this season, and particularly you know Huddersfield was a game that he, he really influenced the game and a massive game that we won at home. Uh, but Mankio comes in, presumably for Yedlin's um, uh, mistake last week and giving the pen away. How do you think he did? Because there was once upon a time, Paul, he was a figure of fun mm. having Mankio against Newcastle fans, but I think those days are over. Yeah, he was uh, he was solid. He was definitely. Uh, I think well, obviously with Lejeune being out out of the side, and he he normally like finds Yedlin with these like crossfield passes and that. Well, obviously that that wasn't an option last night because well we're not to see Lejeune until bloody really? after after Halloween or something like that. Yeah. Um, so Mankiri was in, in there probably again. We're, we're obviously going to sort of defend quite deep and then try and hit him on the on the on the break, and he done a he done a great job at right back. Um, and I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely no complaints last night, and he seemed he seemed like a proper steady uh, Premier League performer there last night. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's a shame he's had to come back, come from like that position of like say a figure of fun and that. I mean, I think I heard over somebody call him uh, Javier Mannequin you know, like one time, and I was like, ah, it's funny enough, but you know, he's he's wearing the black and white. You got to get behind the kid, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, knee 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 qualms all with him last night, and to come from a relative like cold and just come in and like he's played like all season was was credit to him um and yet he he offers that bit more defensive solidity than than what Yedlin does um Yedlin always gets himself 
well, not always. He, he tends to get himself out of messes just because of his pace and stuff like that. But um, no, nah, I think he's quite. He looked quite self-assured last night, and it was good to see that there that we got him like to to bring on four like a to do a specific job and uh yeah, and I think he carried it out well last night. Yeah, good. Couldn't agree more. And it's always great to see see a player like that come in and change a few minds along the way. I mean, obviously signed from a a dreadful Sunderland side who. You know the the Markham say he couldn't even get in their team, but it was more that I don't think they could afford to play him, um, because of the release clause or whatever. But yeah, he's he's what he's been in what nearly two seasons now, and he's he's grown on me. Um, I thought he got a lot of a lot of unfair stick at the start for a couple of performances that you know Huddersfield away last season. I don't think it was his fault yeah. that they scored, but he got the stick for it. And you know, it's another player who slowly's got better under the manager. And if he was to play next week, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Yeah. Um, again, he probably enjoys the back five, gives him a little bit more solidity inside. But he's also capable of getting forward. And he's comfortable on the ball. And is he a world beater? Well, no. Would I like to see a sign a better player next season? Probably. Yeah. But he's but he's definitely contributes to this squad. Um, and you know, again, fair play to the manager and the coaching staff for for moulding what is a Premier League player out of him. And you know, we can we can look at. That whole back line now, and there's just so many options, isn't there? Paul Dummer could move to left wing back. You've got Kennedy, who can't even get on the bench, can play there. Then you've got the centre backs, obviously, the Jones out, but you've got Kieran Clark, who until recently wasn't getting on the bench. And I've, I, I hope that I can watch the full 90 minutes back when we get back to Castle Dicks. I just want to watch that chair run when he takes on about nine players, chair back and bar. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I thought, I thought he was brilliant as well. But we could go through every single team and every single player and call them brilliant, so we'll not. Uh, we'll talk about other stuff. Um, and you know, I think context-wise, as a result, taking away the performance, the result is massive. It's a clean sheet away from home. We're good at those. And, um, you know, we are safe from relegation now. Cardiff have got 29 points. They play Burnley later today in a massive game for them. They have to, have to win that game. Um, and... Ultimately, there's no way they're going to catch her. It's not happening. Um, so we're, we're safe from relegation for another season. Um, putting together what's that? Three years in a row in the Premier League. It's almost a minor miracle. And Mike Ashley, um, the way the clubs run, um, it's a tough one, Paul. And we'll there's plenty of time yet for season reviews and 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 analysis of what's gone on. But for me, and I know we've got games to play. It's been a largely dreadful season with some good highs but plenty of lows and you look back to Leicester at home and it was like a training match for Leicester and it was it was embarrassing and and it's great to stay up and you, you do have that feeling of, and we saw it last night the outpouring of relief not just from the fans but especially from the fans but from the players and the manager as well um, you know everything depends on the manager's future doesn't it everything and he's been saying for a while we'll talk when the team's safe he let a little bit. He let on a little bit in the the press conference before Palace and the press conference for this, saying, "I'm waiting for answers from the club." You know, what what's your gut feeling? And uh, we don't speak with any inside knowledge here at all. We're just like you people listen. What's your gut feeling? Is he going to stay at the club? Good feeling. I think he is. Um, obviously, I want him to. Um, well, that's for for the good of the uh, the long term good of the club. I don't know because. Uh, He's one as long as he's maintaining win the Premier League. I think Mister Ashley will will stick around. But um, for me, he's uh, yeah, for all the relief of getting, I say achieving uh, thirty eight points and maintaining a status in the league, 
it's not it's not where he ultimately wants to be. He doesn't he sees his club being a lot higher in the league and, and competing with uh well to com- compete with the likes of Leicester, which is uh, I wouldn't have ever thought I'd say that like ten years ago sort of thing. Um just like really sort of actually punching my weight rather than just like maintaining this like uh just existence in the Premier League. We really should be sort of pushing on and, and I believe Rafa knows how how to do that. He's just like, he just needs to be given the tools and the and the actual sort of uh oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh authority to do that. Um he he needs just like full autonomy on, on all football matters in Newcastle United. Um and hopefully he gets enough of that to make him like want to stay and sign a new deal. Um because I he just it's a simple a simple enough thing he's asking he's like I identify a player and I want him signed as soon as possible is that too much to ask, um, rather than like wait until the last really minute like we've seen that with Rondon like it took it took him like uh eight or nine games to get get going in that, he went on straight to force a move and then uh, it didn't it didn't come off straight away it nearly didn't happen at all um, and so if we can make a good positive start. And getting some points on the board at the the beginning of the next season, it's just it was starting to like look up at earlier stage rather than always looking over our shoulder, um, and worrying about them teams that are at the bottom and that, um. So yeah, good feeling. He is he is going to stay. Um, I don't know why that's just because I really want him to, <laughs> um, but uh, fingers crossed he does. I'm like you. I think he'll stay because there are a lot of reasons to stay as long as the club starts behaving in a more appropriate manner on transfers, like you say. Um, but the worry is this season's just been a total waste of a season for him I'm talking about him he's going to th- look back at his career and he thinks you know I came to this club and we did this and we did this and you every season can't be a progression but ideally that's what you want and this season what why have Newcastle been in relegation during this season uh, battle this season there's, there's, there was no need for it last season I think we all as a support accepted that as a newly promoted side there was a chance um, that, that was going to happen and then realistically from March onwards when we beat Southampton and Huddersfield back to back, we weren't. Which it's lasted a little bit longer this time. Mm. Um, though again, I think a lot of fans think relegation was pretty much um, something that wasn't going to happen once we beat Everton. But we've done nothing in the cups this season. Yeah. Again, we've we've been in a relegation battle. This there's just no need. The problem with the Premier League is everyone spends so much money and everyone progresses that you lose ground and you lose ground. So this time last year. Or this time last season, West Ham were a rival, but they're not a rival this season. They've been miles ahead of us. Now West Ham haven't had a particularly fantastic season, but sometimes in the Premier League you could spend a hundred million quid and you can only move up one level. So West Ham this season, uh, some of their fans are unhappy, but at least they haven't been in a relegation battle. Yeah. So they haven't. So that's if I'm their manager, I'm thinking, okay, well, we've taken one step forwards. So we're potentially now we've got a better manager. And we've got a lot going for us in terms of the support and some of the players that we've got and the, the, the ability to fight. It's kind of demoralised as a fan to say next season would be a success just to not be in a relegation battle and finish 12th. Now, I know we finished 10th last season and it's, you know, the, the, the modern state of the Premier League means your positions are all over the shop because I think we did a podcast on the way down in the car yesterday for patrons where we talk about basically random goals that we all love and... Um, uh, Paul's was Duncan Ferguson's against Man United and I think that season in 1999-2000 Newcastle's points total would have been you know comfortably enough to finish 7th, 6th, 7th or 8th in the modern Premier League um, and finished 11th um, so 
if you look at West Ham's season, just not being remotely interested in a relega- relegation battle would be seen as, as a positive for us next season. But I don't think Rafa Benitez is up, is, is up for that. And he really is a supporter. That doesn't excite me. So we, we have to, you know, if we are going to progress as a football club, we are going to give, like you correctly say, Paul, not just the funds, but the autonomy to act and act quickly in the transfer market. Um, it's going to be like, how can we not just have a season when we're finished 12th and have a, you know, bandy between 9th and 13th? It's how can we really push on to that kind of top eight? I think that's what the manager wants. And if he signs a three-year deal, he's very much going to be looking at, not just looking at the top eight, how can at the end of the three years, let's plan to break into the top six. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. These things can't happen. It's football. You never know what's around the corner. But at least let's give it a fucking go. And I think, I think, I think, I think that's what he's after. In the Jamie Carragher interview after the match, which again, you know, let's get Jamie Carragher to interview Rafa Benitez as much as possible because he seemed to open up loads, and you could tell Rafa was absolutely bouncing. He'd bloody been singing "Who's Our Team?" McCall United in the changing room. His voice was hoarse. His shirt was untucked. Um, uh, and, and he was just really open and saying, you know, obviously we'll, look, we'll think about the next game and all that kind of stuff. But he referenced Leicester saying, you know, we'll want to come to places like Leicester and, and compete. And he, he, he's very careful to not take anything away from the current group of players. He's very political and says, listen, the players have done fantastic tonight, but we'll have to set up the way that we do. And Brendan Rodgers was kind of having a dig saying they were so defensive, even though I think we had more shots in Leicester and definitely more chances. But um, ultimately, you know, he wants Newcastle United to be what we want it to be and that's the, the most successful it possibly can be and it, it's not at the minute and that's a really sad thing and I appreciate this has been become a bit of a ramble uh, about the manager's future but to answer your question yes I think he'll stay but I'm I'm still concerned because now now we're safe why can't the contract be signed on Monday morning yeah. why can't we we'll wake up and, and you know get this done Rafa's here and we're going to start really enjoying the last few games of the season with two home games two away games left um, and, and enjoy it from there uh, before, I, before I give the listeners a bit of a notice about our live event Paul is there anything else you want to highlight from uh, from last night's game or, or the night uh, just well it's been well it's one of my top uh, top 10 away games it really was something else um, and like, like you said uh, we, we actually despite uh, being sort of set up uh, defensively per se it was um, we, we created uh, more chances than them Looked dangerous and could if we had won two or three nil last night, it would have been totally just because we had like we were on some really good positions. Um, that we could have just done a little bit better with the final ball. Um, like like you mentioned that share run, but now why did why did he not have a crack? I don't know. I, I, he should have. I mean, he probably would have got. I don't know whether he's because he's had a few shots. He's uh, yeah. he skied a few recently, so, but uh, I wouldn't have blamed him. Like it was unreal that, but um. Yeah, I was just I was filled with like I was I know it's only thirty eight points and yeah it's another season in Premier League blah blah but I was filled with pride last night and it was just it was class it was just um it wasn't just in the team it was like the fans around us as well and it was just uh I was absolutely I was brimming last night well you probably if you just go on Twitter we've uh, we've shared a few videos and there there's a uh, Mickey's talking and I'm just absolutely buzzing in the background there but um uh, feel free to criticize if you like but uh, I, I absolutely. I love I love being a Newcastle fan and I love that we've got somebody at the club who uh who uh loves being here as well in in Rafa and and sees the potential of uh where the club could be and where it should be and um and yeah just like like let's, let's fingers crossed that he that he stays. 
nice one it's been the true faith podcast thanks so much for listening um like i said earlier on uh, if you like what we do give her a chance on patreon um we'll produce about six extra podcasts on the cast united per week so almost one every single day for you um we have a live event in london um paul will be there i won't be we have a live event and we are very fortunate that the excellent northeast football duo of george colgan and luke edwards will be answering your questions on a live podcast event that is at the cock and lion pub in marleybone is that how you say it i don't know marleybone um these london places um <laughs> Uh, uh, tickets are £10 um, we are supporting the Crisis Homeless Charity which is our chosen charity for next season to support on the night um, so come on down there aren't many tickets left there's about 15 tickets left um, and I don't want to see people disappointed so uh, we will belatedly get a link on this podcast because we'll have to drive back in Castle now but uh, we will get the link on there about sometime on, on the Saturday uh, or head out, check out um, at TFNUFC on, on social media for links to tickets um, so we hope to see you down there should be a class night it's the night before the Fulham game which is, oh, what's the date? It's, is it the 12th of May? Yeah, what, the Fulham game's the Sunday. Um, this event is the Saturday night before the Sunday. So if you, if you are down there the night before, and I don't know if you just want to start drinking and carry on all the way through after the match, um, this is a good, a good chance to do it for at least part of the night. Uh, so we hope to see you there. Uh, it will be podcasted as an event, um, but really can't wait to see what Luke and George have got to say, particularly on the manager's future. Yeah. If it's not sorted out, but even if it is sorted out, I'm sure they'll know what's going on as uh, as they enjoy a good relationship with him. Um, right, so thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks to you, Paul. Uh, happy days. We don't get many of them um, as Newcastle United fans. This has been one of them. Let's go and beat Southampton next week. Cheers. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.